According to Dispatch Health, one in five men experience anxiety disorder. And more often than not, it's anxiety, not depression, that leads to male suicide. This is a serious issue, and we're gonna talk about it right after this on the Manlyhood Mancast. You can be a man of courage, of honor, of integrity. You can be the father, the husband, the leader that your family and your community needs. This is the Manlyhood Mancast. Here's your host, Josh Atcher. Gentlemen, welcome back to the Manlyhood Mancast. I'm your host, Josh Hatcher, and I am glad that you guys are watching today, that you guys are listening today. This podcast is more than just Josh Hatcher talking about stuff. This is a movement, and I'm really grateful that you can be a part of this movement with me. So if you want to continue to be a part of this movement, please like, comment, share, subscribe. Help us spread the word about what Manlyhood is doing for men and I would greatly appreciate it. Listen, if you also want to get plugged in and involved and connected with other men who are like-minded, go to our Facebook group, which is the Manlyhood Man Cave, and you can send a request to join. We'll look at it and we'll approve that request as long as you are a man. And you can be a part of a group where men build each other up. I think that's important and I think it's lacking today. Anxious for nothing, how men can conquer anxiety. So I've heard this phrase before, guys, be anxious for nothing. So guys, anxiety is a very real problem. And I think that as men in particular, because we don't know emotions as well as we should, we don't know how to communicate what it is that we're feeling, we don't know how to deal with our mental health or our emotional health, we often find ourselves in a position where we're feeling something and it's causing us to feel out of control, but we don't fully know what it is. And I know one day I realized that I have some anxiety problems myself. Now, for me, that was actually painful to admit. It was hard for me to accept and I didn't understand it. So here's what was happening to me and how I would explain it. So... If I'm in a crowd of people, let's say we go to a concert and you're trying to leave the concert at the stadium and you are completely surrounded by people and the only way out is to wait as this line of people makes its way through. Guys, when that happens, my blood pressure rises. I get sweaty. I get antsy. I'm looking for the exit and I can't get to an exit. The only way out is to push your way out and you just have to go with the flow one step at a time, I my throat gets tight, I get really grumpy and short with my wife. I, and this is maybe too much information, but it's kind of funny. What happens is then my butt starts to sweat, like really bad. Like I just like start dumping sweat down my back all the way down. And uh, so for the longest time, I would just call it sweaty butt disease. You know, we'd go to the store around holiday time to go Christmas shopping and 
uh, my wife can always tell when I'm getting nervous and uncomfortable around all the people. And she's like, what's the matter? Oh, you're getting sweaty butt disease. And I'm like, yeah. So I'll go and I'll stand outside in the cool air and cool off and relax so that I can come in and finish the job. Now that's been what, and it's been a joke in my family that I don't like being in crowds and that I get sweaty butt disease. And I never had any kind of name to describe it. So along come my kids and my oldest two did really well in school and they were able to skip a grade and they went to college a year early. The college was just down the road, so they were living at home. They were not quite adults yet and they would ride their bikes at first until they saved up enough money to buy a car or we would drop them off at the college. And I, I started seeing things in them that I didn't understand. You know, the, they would get paralyzed in fear or they would just get really upset and you know, they're meeting with their uh, counselor or whatever, their mentors in, in school, and they start giving their feelings a name. They call it anxiety. Now, to me, I'm thinking, anxiety, why are you anxious about? Like, I just equate in my mind anxiety with fear. Just don't be afraid. Just man up, said to my daughter. <laughs> just man up and deal with it. And I actually think I might have done some damage at first because I don't think I understood it and I don't think they knew how to communicate it. And over time, we started to learn what was happening and be able to communicate through this better. And they learned some tools. And over time, I started to realize they would describe what anxiety is. And I started researching it to try to understand how I can help them better. And I realized I have the same problem in certain cer certain circumstances. They Certain circumstances trigger me the exact same way. I find myself in those patterns of feeling anxious and oppressed and scared. I don't like to admit it, but I was. I am. I'm very uncomfortable in those crowded people situations like that. Now, you put me on a stage in front of all these those people with a microphone and a guitar or a speech to give... No problem. None at all. I don't feel nervous. Don't feel butterflies in my stomach. I could get up there. You could give me one minute's notice. As long as I have a minute to catch my breath, I could get up and give a speech about just about anything. I can do that. I could probably grab my guitar and sing a song if I had the words in front of me. But you put me in the middle of them and I get anxious. And... You know, my dad used to have, there was a town that we would drive through. Every time we would drive through it, he would have a very similar experience. For whatever reason, that town would trigger something for him. It would bring back a memory or something, and he never could explain it. And I don't know why, but every time we went through, he'd have this uneasy feeling. And he would make sure that whenever we were going to that area, we would go a different way to avoid that town very often. It was anxiety. When he was sick at the end and had cancer, they talked about anxiety. You know, you've got some anxiety with this. And, you know, again, we men tend to write off our mental health and just try to solve it ourselves. And... No, I'm fine. I'm all right. I got this. But the truth is we have to deal with this. 
We have to deal with this problem. And in some people, it's worse than others. I like to talk about how there are two types of depression. There's big D depression, that's clinical depression, that's diagnosed, that probably needs medication. And then there's little d depression that we all get from time to time, that we can have to push through a tough season and then we'll be okay. Maybe it doesn't require medication, but it's, it's a season that we will go through in our life. I think anxiety can be the same way. Big A, anxiety, is anxiety that has gotten to the place where it's out of control and it's affecting your life in other ways. That fear is starting to take over and grip things. That fight or flight syndrome, PTSD, whatever you want to call it, it's manifesting through anxiety and it is taking over and drastically affecting the way you live your life. It may need medical treatment. It may need some therapy. It may need something more than just, all right, buck up, let's deal with this. Or it may be little a anxiety, and it might just be something that, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna get through this, this is a season, and you, you work on it with some tools, right? And you deal with it as it comes. You want to take these things very seriously. Because if you're not sure, you want to make sure what kind of anxiety this is, how it's affecting your life. Do you need help? Probably. Even if it's something small, you might need help. That's okay. So what causes anxiety in men? First of all, physical health problems can cause those, whether those are hormonal imbalances. You know, maybe you're not eating right. Maybe you've got something physically wrong with you. So because you're not feeling right, it's triggering those anxious feelings and they're causing problems. Relationship problems can cause anxiety. If we've got problems in our relationships with our kids or our spouse or our parents or the people at work, those problems can create anxiety in a man. Employment problems, if there's problems at work, yeah. Tell me that you haven't ever felt that feeling on Sunday night before you have to go to work on Monday morning where you just dreaded going to sleep because you know that it means you're going to have to wake up and go to a job and face this problem. That's hard. It's difficult. Social isolation can also cause anxiety where we push people away or we are pushed away and we're separate from other people and we don't have good friends and connections to reassure us and to help give us value and make us feel value and wanted and it makes it a lot easier for anxiety to take hold. You know, drastic changes in your life, like you're, you move to a new place or something's changed in your living situation or you have a new baby, all of these things can cause anxiety. And another thing that a lot of people don't think about, but it does, drug and alcohol use can also cause or make anxiety worse, which is a big one because a lot of men will feel anxiety and they don't know what the feeling is, so they turn to something to numb it. And it could be drugs or alcohol, it could be food, it could be anything that they use, anything at all that they use to numb, or porn or whatever, that they use to numb the feeling of anxiety so they don't feel it anymore. The problem is it keeps coming back. And in fact, it can get worse. I know a gentleman who was doing meth 
and he's coming down off his meth high. And when he's trying to communicate with me, the dude is wackadoodle. Like, it's crazy. Like, he's lost all sense of reality. His communication has a lot of words in it, but it doesn't make any sense. But he's driven by this fear and anxiety that these things are happening and I have to do this. The world is going to end and I saw an angel and he told me and blah, 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 and craziness, right? But it's anxiety that's pouring out of that addiction. Anxiety can show itself with panic attacks. And, you know, that's something I don't fully understand. I've never really had a lot of panic attacks other than, like I said, those sweaty butt problems, which, <laughs> you know, really sound a lot like a panic attack. Um, I think I may have had them under better control than others, but it doesn't necessarily mean that's a badge of honor because I think what it did is it allowed me to skate by without dealing with the root causes for too long. Some other symptoms can be constant worrying and trying to solve or control the situation to make it right. You know, people who are very control freaks are often operating out of anxiety, irrational fear, where we get to that place where we get afraid of something that just makes no sense. We don't want to leave our house because of a virus or we are scared to death of getting caught for the thing that we don't want anybody to know about. Sometimes anxiety can come out as compulsive or repetitive behaviors. You know, we can see things like um, obsessive compulsive disorder, which is a separate thing, but we see little behaviors that are very much like that start to take over with anxiety. And it can be a way of trying to cope, or sometimes we end up hurting ourselves. Self-harm becomes a way that people try to cope with anxiety, and it becomes a symptom of anxiety. Also, insomnia. It's very difficult to get a good night's sleep when you're worried and when you're anxious and when you're afraid. And you'll find these symptoms very frequently and sometimes multiple symptoms in the life of someone who's struggling with anxiety. So I remember hearing this Bible verse as a kid. I heard it in church. I've heard it my whole life. And I think it just tended to resonate here. So I know that not everybody that's listening is coming from the same uh, religious or Christian paradigm as myself. And so I want you to be patient and just take the time to actually don't get offended and turn it off just because I'm talking about the Bible. But I want you to listen to the verse because the verse actually illustrates and highlights some really helpful things for us about anxiety. So this is what it says in Philippians chapter 4. Never worry about anything, or some translations say, be anxious for nothing. But in every situation, let God know what you need in prayers and requests while giving thanks. Then God's peace, which goes beyond anything we can imagine, will guard your thoughts and emotions through Christ Jesus. Now, like I said, I know that you don't all believe what this says, and that's okay. Those of us that do, let's start there. So if you want to a way to work on especially little a anxiety, I believe this helps with big A anxiety, but I believe that if you have clinical anxiety, you may need some treatment. You may need some 
something to treat the symptoms and you may need some counseling or therapy to work through the issues that are causing anxiety. And I want to say that and make that clear. That's okay if you need that. But even if you have that, this will help. This concept of going to God, letting him know what you need, and thanking him for what you have. And he gives you the peace that you need. Now, if you don't believe in God, there's a whole lot of insane studies that have been done on gratitude. Just the act of gratitude and being grateful, which is mentioned in this verse. You want a one-one surefire way to help you be less anxious, be a grateful person. Learn to be thankful for what you have. My family likes to watch White Christmas and Holiday Inn, and I believe that it's White Christmas that has the song where Bing Crosby is making a sandwich with um, Rosemary Clooney's character in the kitchen, and he sings the song, If you're worried and you can't sleep, just count your blessings instead of sheep, and you'll fall asleep counting your blessings. That concept there, guys, of counting your blessings, being thankful for the things you have, being thankful for the people in your life. When I started to learn about anxiety, I would do this with them. I would say, quick. When I would see them starting to get anxious, I would say, quick, tell me five things you're thankful for. And very often, it would help lessen those symptoms, especially in the moment. Now, over time, I think that it will drastically help you overcome it. Again, that the other things that will help you overcome it is eating right, not using drugs or alcohol, taking care of yourself to make sure that you're, that you're taking care of, um, having a schedule, having some control, because that's one of the things that we crave. So having some control in our life in a way that is disciplined and structured can help us to work through the symptoms of depression. But if there are issues that are deeper, if this is bigger than that, it's okay to say, I think I need something more. I don't know where you're at. I'm not sure. I'm sure that we probably have guys who are listening who are probably dealing with big A anxiety. And I want you to know, first of all, make a call. Call a therapist. Talk to them about medication. If you think that's something that's going to help you, talk to them about counseling. Again, medication treats symptoms, doesn't fix the problem. If there's a problem, it's usually something that needs to change in our thoughts and in our emotions, and that takes time to work through the issues that started and trigger the anxiety. So don't be afraid to, to spend time talking to a professional, man. It's a good thing. If you're dealing with little anxiety, that still might help you. Okay, so don't shove it off. But just like depression gets better if your health is better, if you're healthier, if you work out, or you exercise, you get sunshine and you do those things that helps make depression better. The same thing with anxiety. If you practice gratitude, if you take care of yourself, if you eat good, if you spend time with people who are positive, these will help your anxiety. 
Doesn't mean it solves it, but it will help it. All I know is that, especially from the spiritual perspective, man, those of you who do believe in God, I believe that he tells us to give him our anxieties. And there is a freedom in that to be able to say, this problem is bigger than me. You're bigger than me. I need your help. Here you go. And in my life, when I've done that, it has helped me drastically. It has. There are so many times when I've had anxiety. I've been frustrated. I've been overwhelmed. I didn't know what to do. And the act of just giving that burden to somebody who had bigger shoulders than me was able to help me through it. And so, you know, whether or not you agree with that, that's okay. Think about it. Doesn't hurt to ask him. Because if he's real, what, what if he's real and he helps you? What if you went to God and you said, I don't know if you're real or not, but I am overwhelmed and I need some help. Can you help me? And what if he helped you? <laughs> what are you going to do? I don't know, man. I, that's just my recommendation. I think that that's something that would drastically help a lot of people as we go through this. But I can tell you this. Anxiety is real. Anxiety is an issue that men deal with. Anxiety is an issue that can kill men. So I don't want you to let it get out of control. And if you're out of control and you are starting to feel suicidal thoughts, if you're feeling like there's no way out, you need to get help, you need to call the suicide hotline, you need to get in touch with somebody who can help you through that, and you're not alone, you're not weird, you're not a failure, you can do this. It's okay to get help. I, I, I just want to make that clear, because I don't want anybody on my watch running out there and saying, I just can't handle it anymore, life is horrible and I don't want to live because they are feeling anxious or because their anxiety has, has gripped them. Don't let it. And if your anxiety, maybe it's not gripping you like that, but maybe it's tugging at you, don't let it become that. Get a handle on it now so that it doesn't become that. Listen, you guys matter to me. The reason I do what I do is because I care. I could easily... Just say, I don't need to do a podcast. I'm going to live my own life. I'm going to do things that are more profitable. I'm going to, you know, launch up my graphic design business and become a multimillionaire making NFTs, which I could do if I wanted. And I may experiment with some of that, sure. But I put most of my time and most of my energy outside of providing for my family through work to presenting this stuff to you. Because for me, this is a calling. This is a mission. And I want to see us make masculinity and manhood better. And I want to see men survive and thrive. So my call to you is join me in it. Let's make the world a better place by making men great. Anyway, if you've gotten something out of this episode, please share it with somebody that can use it. Post it on your wall. Let's talk. Thank you guys for tuning in. I love you guys. I care about you. And I'll see you next time. 
If you want to be a better man, check out our website, manlyhood.com, for blogs, videos, and more from our Manlyhood team. Men, you can also join our private Facebook group, Manlyhood Man Cave, where you can meet up with a band of brothers who will challenge you and help you on your journey of manhood. This episode is produced by Hatcher Media for Manlyhood.com. Be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on iTunes, YouTube, or wherever you're listening to the show. Tune in again for more of the Manlyhood Mancast. 